Welcome everyone as Fantastic Geek sets its sights in the galaxy far, far away. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello there, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here to bring you today our very first podcast from the upcoming Star Wars Skeleton Crew TV show on Disney+. Plus. Looking forward to diving into that shortly. Pete, do want to note that this time last week on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we were talking about Marvel's Echo and uh, looking forward to that series dropping all at once on Disney Plus in January and certainly counting down to it. Yes, a great discussion there. And certainly between that and another show that we're going to talk about in a couple minutes here, changing up the way we will release some of those episodes given the way they will be released. Yeah. With the, with the show dropping all at once, we'll be doing at beat. We're, we're going to bring the same quality that we always do, but we'll be, we'll be bunching some of those episodes together and uh, get them all out within, within one week's time. So certainly looking forward to that different journey in how we podcast a show. Absolutely. Moving on, Matt, Star Trek Discovery to the future, it's the fifth and final season coming sometime early 2024. There is a panel, however, in Brazil today at a convention and uh, the strong possibility, not only new things there, Sonequa Martin-Green in attendance, but also that we could get the date announcement. I feel like they have to do a date announcement. Um, look, the show has been off for far too long. I understand. I can, or at least I could prognosticate in the interim, probably behind the scenes at a corporate level, discussing, you know, turning that fifth season with an open-ended ending to a series finale, that that perhaps led to some of the delay, but that that new ending shot back in April or May prior to the you know both strikes etc etc the time has come to start the drum beat for us to get re-excited about star trek discovery and that's got to start with a date pete i think we are going to be told it is late january or early february that's kind of in line with um you know you announce it a couple months out and start to get people excited there so that would be my guess as we record prior to that announcement today we will have to see, and certainly, uh, barring any major news, the next time we'll be talking Star Trek Discovery is Saturday, December 16th. So we don't get a date today, a new trailer, something super, super big. We'll be bringing all of that to you uh, in two weeks' time. Pete, closer to us in time than the far-off Star Trek future is next Saturday when we will be previewing what if season two uh, ahead of that series having its own unique release schedule one a day for nine days uh, as we head towards the end of December so certainly looking forward to that discussion the first season of what if though it feels like it was when if forever ago uh, it was a delightful outing yeah don't call it a burn off as we've said Matt and here too where Marvel though Echo is gonna drop all at once uh, on uh, January 10th, uh, this unique uh, release over nine days, um, creating a need for us to go back to uh, a later binge 
model for uh, all at once drops on Netflix uh, in the early days of Marvel TV. So we've, we've come full circle. Yeah, we have. We've, we've rediscovered what we used to do. Uh, and certainly the what if schedule is certainly up on our social media, basically uh, doing two or three episodes a day, obviously not in successive days because not all the episodes come out at once, but uh, looking forward to finishing out December with, uh, with a great run of what if. And then back to Lucasfilm here, Matt, before the discussion of Star Wars and Skeleton Crew, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny has now hit Disney Plus, along with a uh, documentary about uh, Harrison Ford's time as the character across five films. Uh, but we re-ran on our pop culture podcast our episode of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, something I think is, I think it's already getting legs. There were people that sat it out in the theaters. Okay, we know theater attendance is down uh, dramatically uh, ever since the pandemic. I think it's going to get a second life here and uh, you're looking for talk about it. Looking for a discussion. No better place than our podcast. Well, and it's funny. There was a deadline article just in the last week that I, I took a screenshot of. Um, probably was talking about whether it was the soft box office for Marvel's or some of the other, um, some of the other box office failures that Disney has had in this calendar year. Let me quote from it. Uh, it's clear the mouse house is in competition with itself uh, on the ups, uh, on the upside theatrical boosts the downstream potential but simultaneously if the movie looks same old same old and families aren't rushing out to it they'll wait for it on Disney plus I do think it's I mean look we enjoyed uh, dial of destiny to a large degree we enjoyed the Marvels and so forth but I think in terms of getting you off the couch uh, you the audience member in general, if you sit and go, oh, it's another Marvel movie. Yeah, I'll just wait for Disney+. Plus. Oh, an Indiana Jones movie. Is this just they're going back to doing an old thing that's new and nostalgia? But I'll just wait for Disney+. Plus. Um, I, surely Disney has realized kind of, oops, we've done this to ourselves as much as maybe people are soft on this property or that property or whatever it might be. I think it's across streaming. You know, we had such an expansion of that, obviously, a pandemic and declining theater attendance was not foreseen. But, you know, why would you spend the amount of money in a theater so often when, again, it's it's a 90, you know, max 120 day window. They stretched it out a little bit with Dial of Destiny, Matt. Huh, what do you know? I think we're going to see when those streaming Nielsen's come out in a month. Oh, my God. It, it set records. Everybody checking this out. Timing it with the documentary. Shrewd as well. Which is the perfect setup for, you know, on the one hand, there's been the absence of Star Wars on movie screens, uh, but the extreme success of star wars tv shows on disney plus whether it's in terms of emmy nominations whether it's in terms of uh kind of cultural breakthrough of the mandalorian baby yoda slash grogu etc um and bringing us to skeleton crew here i'm i don't know that there's the market for a you know 80s ish style coming of age story 
the kids are out there on a Star Wars adventure. I mean, that feels a little scary. If you're asking me to put my own Disney dollars into a $150, $200 million movie that's going to do that, that sounds a little scary when you could do the Ray, the Finn, the whatever movie that looks more familiar versus Skeleton Crew. The only big name here is Jude Law as unnamed Force user. Then it's a bunch of newer actors uh, Carrie Condon and Jaleel White, uh, certainly familiar and not, not nobodies, but this is the perfect place to have a brand new yarn where it's the young, the young of age and the young at heart and all of that that can watch and enjoy this show, whatever it's going to look like. Well, you left out, Matt, uh, though not a part of the cast, maybe the biggest force user of all in uh, John Watts. Okay, the director of the most recent Spider-Man movies who left Marvel and Fantastic Four to do this. Okay, Um, and how's that worked out thus far? (laughs) Okay, so um, I think this you mentioned Goonies. Okay, the other template, obviously, Stranger Things, um, you know, meets Star Wars idea, okay, is really, really gonna hit the sweet spot in terms of both nostalgia, in terms of tone, okay, set at the time of The Mandalorian as uh, Ahsoka as well, and, you know, so little is known, unless, unless you have really looked for uh, a trailer that was only seen at Star Wars Celebration back in April. You have seen nothing of this. Um, and in regards to release, initially it was slated for 2023. Obviously, that's been backed up to 2024. We still have no date. There are people out there, Matt, on their Patreon pages charging people to tell them, oh, yeah, yeah. Skeleton Crew is coming out in December of 24. It's going to be a long time, okay, that uh, you'll see the Acolyte before that, that you'll see a third season of The Bad Batch, that you'll see the second season of Tales of the Jedi. You will see Andor season two the final season before that and matt i'm here for free we're here to tell you that simply is untrue skeleton crew is the furthest along in post-production um and really i'm sure they already have their date circled and it ain't december of 2024 and the context that you add there is so important First of all, there's we've all we've all seen in the pop culture landscape this ebb and flow of, you know, somebody is told that they've had a secret from a high place source at Lucasfilm or at Marvel or whatever. We've kind of seen this cycle of um, recycled garbage, uh, and then other low level blogs pick it up, and then mid level entertainment news sites, and it kind of takes a it takes a line of its own. Same thing is happening at Marvel. There's apparently one guy online who now is told everything. He gets whispers in the ear from from Marvel brass, and that now is that now is word. And then when the 
when that guy says, wait, no, I didn't say that they had a hundred percent. I didn't say that Marvel renewed, uh, renewed She-Hulk for season two and ordered 10 scripts. I said they were discussing it. Oh no, 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 no. There's already other websites that said it's already been renewed based on your, yep. that the quote you. Yep. So it's, it's the Pandora's box has already been opened in the Marvel space, but bringing it back to star Wars here. Let's just look at things logically here for a moment. First of all, first of all, Skeleton Crew officially wrapped filming January 22nd, 2023. Andor is not done filming because they lost their American actors in the strike. They continued to film with the British actors, the equity union actors. But one show is done, has been done since January. The other has not. I would further prognosticate. When, Pete, when did the Acolyte finish up, Matt? Pete, the Acolyte finished filming on June 6th. Okay, what so good news. They would have had all the actors. They they would not have had writers, which is to say if changes needed to be made, um, certainly let's say changes needed to be made this past summer to Acolyte in terms of let's rewrite a couple of scenes or let's get an actor in the recording booth to tweak a couple lines here, you know, to tweak it from he is dead to perhaps he is dead because now we've done other things in other episodes, whatever it might be, right? Acolyte has had less time, less strike time. Theoretically has been strike impacted. I want to say theoretically has been strike impacted in terms of pro post-production. Maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, Skeleton crew six months ahead of that. So again, if at a certain point, if three or four months into editing of Skeleton crew, they said, Oh my goodness, we have to reshoot this. We got to re-record that. They had plenty of time before the strike, let alone identify a need. And as soon as you get your writers back, you say, folks, can you please write this? And as soon as you get your actors back, you do it quick. You have it kind of pre-packaged, ready to go. So again, the notion that we're going to get Andor before Acolyte or before Skeleton Crew, that notion does not live in the reality of TV and film production being a thing that doesn't come from whistles and hopes and dreams and smoke that something that is made by people. Right. And this is where the real world intervenes on top of the fictional given the Emmy darling that Andor has become and that the Emmys have now been pushed to January, uh, whether they're successful or not, they're going to ride that for you know max visibility for that second and final season okay so uh all bets that this show we're talking about matt this show that has an oscar connection in that the daniels kwan and uh shinert uh they of everywhere everything all at once uh you know slummed it in a star wars and directed an episode of this series okay you're not gonna sit on that for as many as almost two years strike no strike excellent observation there pete let me add to it too look you and i we embrace all star wars all star wars is beautiful star wars uh, i think from a corporate point of view to follow up ahsoka with the acolyte female-led, female-led. If, if those are your two best things or if those are your two best pipelines, absolutely. If you have a choice, i.e. Skeleton Crew filmed before the Acolyte, Skeleton Crew finished before the Acolyte, just from a, from a product point of view, to go from Ahsoka, female-led, 
the skeleton crew male led then acolyte female led again i'll i'll watch it in whatever order it gets released but i just think i think corporate wise that makes a bit more sense too which is maybe pete why they planned the schedule the way they did um yeah as you say pete there's no way this is coming out in one year's time little bit more connective tissue to our uh you know timeline in terms of the mandalorian and ahsoka we have the character of Vane, the pirate seen in season three of The Mandalorian, leaving his captain going off on his own here, played by Marty uh, Matulis. Matt uh, never guessed that this guy, we, we'd seen him before on Star Trek Picard. Um, he's also done uh, evil as well, uh, prosthetic performer here, but uh, going to be moving over from... Uh, Mandalorian to this, um, this series still shrouded in so much secrecy uh, in terms of what's going to go on. And I, I think the great guessing game will be who else will show up. Who's Jaleel White playing? Is it someone we know? Is it somebody uh, new? Is it Hondo Onaka? Well, the 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 barest scrap about Jaleel White, yes, that Jaleel White, Urkel Jaleel White, um, is that he's playing a pirate. Um, now, could that be a misdirector or this or that? Who knows? But Jaleel White as Hondo Anaka, I mean, that's not a bad, that's not a bad fit necessarily. Um, yeah, and then just to circle back to the topic of the directors here, not only is the Daniels, uh, or sometimes just Daniels. Um, not only are they directing episodes, you have uh, John Watts directing one, uh, David Lowry, Jake Schreier, Bryce Dallas Howard, who has continued, you know, as we all know, has continued to work and direct in the Star Wars space, and then Lee Isaac Chung, who had uh, had done some of the recent Mandalorian season. This is clearly, this is clearly, I won't say an all star directing crew, but this is clearly. You know, we'll use the Disney terminology. This is as e-ticket a Star Wars show as the Mandalorian seasons have been, you know, as Ahsoka and and Andor and so forth. Obviously with different flavors and different ways to kind of um, stretch out the Star Wars experience. So it's not constantly a bunch of rebels fighting the Empire. Um, but, you know, this is this is definitely a welcome cast and crew behind it. And you've got the star power with Jude Law, okay? Irish actress, uh, Carrie Condon, ex of Better Call Saul. She played uh, Mike's daughter there, you know, really unsung. And I think this is going to open up a whole new audience for her, again, playing a a mother here. But the kids, okay? Um, And if you're going to do the Goonies, if you're going to ape Stranger Things in the Star Wars universe, keeping the focus on the kids, uh, one of whom, Matt, is a Max Rebo alien, is a Ortolan, the little blue elephant looking guy. Okay, and uh, my early money on the breakout character. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. On the one hand, you know, I like to be spoiler free, but when stuff gets uh, when stuff gets shared at celebration, and then 
it doesn't it's not there's not the official release of a, a you know of a trailer online that sort of thing you know you you start searching reddit and other places for some of that footage there definitely looks to be just a uh a fun to this which i think is in line with the favreau filoni slice of the star wars universe um yeah and again i i kind of i commend star wars star wars incorporated if you will for you know like we've had the more heavy nostalgic you know ahsoka and kenobi series we've obviously had mandalorian as the thing that helped launch disney plus and and now a force that's connecting you know it's connected through mandalorian through three seasons book of boba fett skeleton crew is going to be part of that as we're building towards this this larger story but as you say the focus on the kids here the potential for it to be you know in many ways a standalone spot a new entry point to this uh, era on the star wars timeline and so forth it's it just feels like it's so smartly conceived of and it seems to be from the scant footage and so forth seems to be scant uh, or rather it seems to be well executed and it's just kind of win 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 i can't wait for the show we know so little about the premise that kids from uh a, a space neighborhood if you will matt uh get lost in a larger universe that piracy somehow factors in and again that other characters we've seen, whether it's going to be Mando and Grogu or maybe even Ezra, you know, spoiler alert, if you've not uh, done Ahsoka to this point or Grand Admiral Thrawn, who could be involved either directly in the proceedings or by implication. And that's before they might try, you know, hey, here's, we're going to bring C-3PO or R2-D2 or anybody else back in. I think it's just such a smart entry into this point in the timeline. It's unique. It's different from what Star Wars has done before at the same time in line with it. And no wonder a guy that had tremendous success with uh, his Spider-Man trilogy over at Marvel Studios, who could pick a shot, who was on Fantastic Four and then said, nah, I'm going to go do a TV show. Yeah, um, which you've hit that point twice, but it's worth (laughs) it's worth thinking this is the guy who may be on the heels of three extremely successful, financially successful, critically successful, fan successful uh, uh, Spider-Man movies. This is the guy who maybe read the terrain and said, maybe Marvel is a place that it's time to take a little bit of a break from, whether that's for himself personally, or maybe he's looking, you know, we can now look back and say, yes, the last three or four years at Marvel, there's been leadership issues and execution issues and VFX issues. And these are all writing issues, um, coordination issues. And these are all things that impact the health of an individual product. Um, so I can only defer to John Watts. Let's, let's assume that maybe Pete, he wasn't sitting in the parking lot outside Marvel going, Oh my goodness, they're all, it's, it's all about to burn down. I need to go somewhere else. Maybe he just followed his passion to something where he is a little bit more, I'll say solely in charge. Obviously, he's under the Star Wars umbrella. Obviously, he's 
producing with Favreau and Filoni and Kathleen Kennedy and his producing partner, Christopher Ford. Um, but just something where it's a little bit more, you know, where you're not beholden to the suit must be red and have white eyes. And, you know, there's just more flexibility there. Um, it's, it's, it's just uh, the excitement here. The potential here is, uh, is something I'm looking forward to. And you mentioned John Favreau that Watts has worked with him, that he was in, uh, the Spider-Man films, this, an outgrowth of that. Hey, Hey, come over here. This, this uh, universe we have over here, you know, I've done the I've done the Marvel thing, too. And, and look what Favreau's gone on to uh, with Star Wars. So, yeah, clearly a dream opportunity for Watts and really seems to have his uh, angle into this. Can't wait to see it. Wish we had more, Matt, either you know, directly or informally to chew over, but the veil of secrecy just so tight over this production. I mean, no names other than the one character uh, we've just seen in uh, the third season of The Mandalorian. We got nothing else for characters. And I, I think that is... I will say, generally speaking, I find that especially surprising, seeing as how uh, it was shot in Los Angeles County. Not that there's constant leaks out of any one studio or, or, or whatnot, but I feel like when you shoot things in the UK, there's just that little extra layer of like, you know, it's not one of the world capitals of paparazzi and so on and so forth. So to, to have some... TMZ reporter who or photographer who thought they were going to get, you know, Gene Simmons coming out of a hair place. Instead, it's like, oh, wait, I came across some Star Wars stuff. Snap, 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 you know. But for it to have been produced, you know, produced in 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 Los Angeles. Yes, fine. It's I'm sure a lot of it filmed indoors, filmed with the the uh, stagecraft technology and so forth. But like, as you say, nothing has gotten out. Um I think I would propose Pete and Pete I don't mean I don't mean to bring up a sore subject for you because I keep trying to remind you that I think part of the reason why your Star Wars isn't coming out this December I might be because of you know Disney now being a production partner with Doctor Who and the four episodes uh that are happening in uh November and December and so forth which you know, to to the health of Disney Plus, to the health of, of everybody. Okay, maybe let's not have two sci-fi shows going on at the same time. Um, but to me, again, that only um, that only clears the board after the 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 Christmas uh, special for Doctor Who. That only clears the board to now get the uh, get the promotion machine up and running to get uh, commercials and so forth for Skeleton Crew whenever that might come out. But again, you know, we'll say it one more time. We're saying sooner than later and not one year's time. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, don't get swept up in, uh, anybody, uh, telling you to check out their Patreon page where they can do that. Um, yeah. Fantastic geek. We, we do it, uh, over the air. Pete, how can we keep this star Wars conversation going? How can people be in touch with you on social media? You can find me on Twitter, on Threads, on Blue Sky, 
at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,600 followers, can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter's Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, and threads where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word, like it today. If you're listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, as we said at the beginning of the episode, we'll be back talking uh, What If and Star Trek Discovery in the near future. As for uh, when we will discuss Skeleton Crew again, certainly as news warrants, uh, if you're listening to this on the day it has released the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we don't yet have a Skeleton Crew feed up, but that's coming in the near future. That can certainly be our, our new headquarters for this show. So can't wait to be discussing this show again, Pete. And with that, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Talk to you soon. Yeah.